podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's number 202, if you can imagine that. I'm Trev Downey. I'm coming to you from beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined in what will be, because it has to be, the most free-form jazz of shows by my two muckers, the Dizzy Gillespie and Miles Davis of podcasting, protein shake abuser Cam Branch, and jiu-jitsu novelist Carl Kopak. With, with, of course... <laughs> That's why I called you Jiu-Jitsu. 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 Jiu-
kind of your arsenal, but it's basically some sort. I think it's some sort of crucifixion we could just we could put him up on this thing and you know put his arms back and all like that. And Hedy Lamar looks at him and says, <laughs> just looks at him and says, too Jewish. And then it just goes. Home. They're pretty much insulting everyone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's open season, absolutely, yeah, absolutely open season. Yeah. Which is you know once it's equal opportunities abusing, I'm I'm quite I'm I'm all in. Yeah. Uh, Cam, what about yourself? How are you getting on uh, this week? Uh, we haven't really uh, had a chat since the last podcast. What have you up there? Sorry, I was just uh, having a, uh, a sip of the greatest fizzy drink ever invented. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, Club Lemon. Is, is, it, is, it, is it clearing up your phlegm, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got it, Cam. You got it, Cam. Busy yeah. battling. Dizzy Madeline, you got it. So, uh, yeah, I'm good, uh, Mr. Dan. Good. It's been a, it's been a good, good week in the, in the branch household. So, um, can I just, can, can, can I just say something to you about another free show that people can access on the, uh, <laughs> which is Desi. And I, you know that I feel myself just sort of being blending, brought in, blending slowly into this culture as a result of your, the madness of you four. Uh, numpties on a regular basis and it's a tremendous crack I have to say but I thought you were excessively proud of doing slight amounts of preparation last week <laughs> uh, and I thought it was notable how much people pointed out that you had done some preparation this speaks volumes about your contributions and previous shows however I do I do sort of credit you with being uh, comparatively very well prepared in this show just in case folks are getting the wrong impression of you because you, you do have your homework done here and i believe you do have as usual a quote for us for the opening i do i do so here goes when you play a match it is statistically proven that players actually have the ball three or four minutes on average the important thing is what you do during those 86 87 minutes without the ball football is a brain game where to run when to run when to cover when to press when to move, how to move. It is decisions like these that come from the brain that determines whether you are a good player or not. Hmm. As you're reading it, it sounds a bit like the fizzy benelin is starting to take effect on you. Um, but <laughs> you I know am, what? I am, these braces do not make certain words easy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering, I'm wondering uh, as to the origin of this quote, is football is a brain game, because even if it's for no other reason than that one little s- segment of a sentence, I'm just, I'm having it. So who's that? Is, is, it, is it Charlie Adam? That's close. Kevin That's Davis. Nice. No, no, not even, not even, not even close. I should, Fellaini. Think of a total football. Oh, Johan Cruyff. Johan Cruyff. Yeah, I can see how Charlie Adam was just one step away. Yeah, just one step away. Yeah, or or eighty-seven minutes away. (laughs) Johan Cruyff's corners were worth ten million as well. um, (laughs) Apparently, Uh, yeah. uh, So we've we've got lots we can talk about this week. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna start people because I I feel like we're really gonna have to wean them off um, because it's easily the most commented upon thing that we've done um, is involving people in the messed up mind of of Stephen Bruce and his. his literary forays so we are going to have to wean people off i'm going to do a bit from defender this week i'm going to do a little bit next week and then we're going to leave it because i think 
uh, Carl, unless I'm mistaken, you have at least one little gem that we can go to. And there are so many others. I think we should uh, hang Brucey up for a while after uh, a pod or two. But we are going to quote a little bit from Defender this week. And there's lots and lots we can go to. I want to give you a bit of a flavor for it because this one takes Steve Barnes on the road. Um, sort of, he's traveling to Brazil, if you can believe it. Um, and he's going, he's going to Brazil because, uh, the young fella that he signed for his, for his club has absconded from the club and gone back, uh, home because, you know, uh, foreign lads, uh, homesick cliche, basically. That's why. Um, but there's just so much wonder in this novel again. For me, it could actually be my favorite because of little gems like this. For example, you know, there's, you know, uh, it's well into the no- into the novel where uh, S- Steve is, is chatting about, you know, trying to find where this fella could be. And uh, it, there's a little throwaway line like this. He says, the, the conclusion we came to was that Chummy was a foreigner. That didn't help me very much. It didn't narrow the field significantly. The world is full of foreigners. Now, I mean, if that's not absolutely classic, Brucey Barnsey, I don't know what is. The world is full of foreigners. Um, but there are a couple of little bits and pieces. I want to give you Steve-O's take on culture and Rio and Brazil. Eating out in Rio is not cheap any more than London is, but there's no lack of low-priced places to grab a lunchtime meal or just a snack and a drink. At a galetto where you can eat, diner style, at the counter, or at a luncheonette, of which there are many, which serves cheap combined plates of meat, beans and rice, as well as other snacks. Restaurants, as a rule, don't open till late in the evening. Nevertheless, on our last evening, we dined together at a place Cabral recommended. Cabral's the, uh, the, yeah. the kid, he's, he's easier. At the Bar do Arnaudo on Rua Almirante Alexandrino, an excellent, inexpensive place to sample traditional food from Brazil's northeast, like sun-dried meat, sweet cassava, and goat meat soup. There you go. That's just that. But my favourite part in the world. So, so I'm going to say then. So Steve Bruce went to Brazil, yeah. Steve Bruce went to Brazil, but that's, that's pretty much what we're getting. The, the, be, the best thing about this is, for all his, for all the the foreigners, you know, for all that culture malarkey, for all the foreign setting, and it's it's a big budget. It's a big budget, obviously. This novel, he got, he gets to go abroad. He's still obsessed with the same things. Consider, if you will, his thoughts on his new club car, and I'm going to leave it at this for this week. <laughs> this is always so, good. This is is now, at this stage, I think we're April 2000, that kind of time, um, when this is roughly set. So times are moving on. And he says, I drive a Merc now. It's provided for me by the club. They gave me a Jag at first, but recently took that away without explanation and gave me a Merc. I think I'd pushed the mileage on the Jag too high. I tried to read something into the swap, but that was a fruitless thing to do. Let's be honest. A Merc is still top of the range. The time for me to worry was when the club provided me with a Skoda or a Robin Reliant. Then I would. <laughs> then I concluded that I might be on the way out. So it's good. He's still got, you know, he's still got his delightful shallowness there. I think people can understand. But uh, defense- I also, it adds to the story. Because that, that, that sort of thing is going to push the story along, isn't it? I, I, I can think of a mutual friend of ours who would be screaming at the page. Shouting, where the hell is the story? Yeah. <laughs> there is, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
There really is no story. And the funny thing about this is I could quote from this for another 75 pods, little, little mini gems like that. It's let's let's be completely honest about this. Some of the most atrocious stuff that's ever been committed to paper and no, no less fascinating for it. But we will, as I say, we'll come back to that. And I think as a sort of a, a little taster for what's to come before we get into the football and we didn't do much football last time. And so before we get into the football a little bit, as a little taster of what's to come, Carl, I believe you have a little sort of a, a sort of a, a sampler of, of something that we might move sideways towards. I do. I have I, I have an interest in really bad autobiographies. I've mentioned before that Donna Stell's autobiography is, is pretty much the holy grail. You can't get it anywhere. And the comedian Robin Ince talks about it a lot. Um, and he also talked about the book I'm holding in my hand, which is called Little Goes a Long Way, My Own Story by Sid Little. Now, if you don't know who Sid Little was, Sid Little was half of a double act in the 80s, 70s and 80s, called Little and Large, and he was known as Supersonic Sid, which is an ironic nickname because he was an incredibly dull man. Now, <laughs> what this book tells me is that this was not based on the irony of his middle name, like calling a very fat man tiny, you know, things like that. Um, Sid Little was, is as dull as his character suggests. And uh, I'm just going to read a little thing. I, I, anyone who knows of Robin Ince um, would have known this anecdote because it's my favourite, and he mentioned it on a podcast. But I read it today. And um, it's just electrifying. Honestly, it's, it's just, I, I must give you a bit of a warning to say, like, you know, if you are, if you do have, you know, hypertension or something like that, this might, this might send you over the top because this is a pretty hard going anecdote. <laughs> and, and just to give it a full warning. I'll tell you before I start reading that this is about the time he met Clifford. Right. If you're ever in Ealing, there's a great Indian restaurant there called the Taj Mahal. It's actually one of Cliff's favourite haunts. While we were in London, Cherie, his wife, and I were, were always bumping into him there. We met him once after he'd recorded A Little In Love, a single. He came over and said hello. Thanks for dedicating the song to me, Cliff, I said. What do you mean, he asked. Well, I replied, a little in love. He did laugh. Thank you very much. Wow, 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 wow. I, I really want more of that. <laughs> I'm going to go next week. If, if, uh, I'll try and find the page, but the, the incident where he found the grasshopper on his trousers while on his honeymoon is still my favourite. But, but, Carl, can I ask you something? Because it's going to really, really influence how much I can enjoy or hate it, uh, hate enjoy it as I, as I listen. Yeah. Is he serious? Yes. Oh, God. So. There is nothing oh that... There's, there's lots of um, exclamation marks um, for things that aren't particularly exciting. Not that the reader... No, not that the viewers minded. Well, you know, he brags at one point that they finished 13th in the um, TV ratings after Sunday night at the Palladium or something. It's um, it's it's quite the read. It's quite if there's an opposite of a roller coaster, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I think I think that was actually a, a pretty spot on little sample, and you know, this sort of literary absurdity is going to continue to be a. a well, this is, well, Robin Inter recommended this. Um, he used to do a stand-up routine about this. He says this on on, on a podcast, and and uh, and just the, just the line he did laugh. He he, he always had to stick by his side. You know, th- there's no doubt about this. Let's get this fucking clear right from the start. He did laugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is the ostensible. Imagine two hundred pages of that anecdote. Yeah. Every minute of it earlier. I've also heard good things about Poptastic, which is the autobiography of Tony Blackburn. Um, oh, holy God. 
So that's, so that's coming soon as well. Yeah, you see, the, the thing about these things is that the more seriously these dudes take themselves, the better it is for us to read them. Oh, of right. course, it doesn't oh, work. Right. Like, when they're actually doing their act, it's atrocious, and they are yeah. actually shit. But to hear them talk about their act, it's into new levels. It's beyond Bruce, and that's what I'm looking forward yeah. to with this. Now, speaking of new levels, um, the Reds are about to, and hopefully very close to, elevating themselves onto a new level. I just finished uh, after many technical difficulties uh, for no good reason. I finished uh, my podcast with with uh, with Jan Mulby there uh, a couple of minutes ago, really, for, to all intents and purposes. And we were speaking about this, and I was saying, look, Jan's not um, a tech guru by any chance, by any stretch of the imagination, not really into that one, play computer games. But I was explaining to him the concept of a PlayStation team. And for me, this squad, which is sort of in the midst of being assembled and there is the potential for it to be um, really, really enhanced before the, the, the early closing of the window, it really is getting to that level of almost bananas uh, sort of uh, quality uh, where I can think to myself, this is actually tremendous fun and this could well be the best squad that I can remember um, in in the last couple of decades, maybe even three. Um, and the, the the thing that's kicking this all off is the very heavy link with Alison Becker. Now, Cam, I know that it's not done yet, uh, done in inverted commas with googly eyes, but and I know that there's the threat of it being usurped by Chelsea, who are apparently in talks with uh, Real Madrid to, to uh, shift Courtois onto the, onto them. Um, and I know we've had our fingers burnt very recently with the Fekir thing, but they were different reasons. And uh, or have we? Or or have we, Carl? Exactly. Yes. So what what I'm what I'm asking you, Cam, is. Do you share my level of excitement about this primarily because of what it says, the statement of it? I'm not even that interested about him being, uh, you know, 40, 50 million pounds better than uh, Loris Carius. I'm more interested in what it says that Liverpool Football Club will have gone out and bought, busted wide open the world record transfer fee for a defender and a keeper. That's a bit exciting, isn't it? Oh yes, that, that is a uh, excitement on another level. I mean, we're making statements. Basically, the FSG is saying if the right player becomes available, and they said this when they took over, and nobody believed them, and they said if the right player becomes available, the money will be there. But if they go out and sign Alison Becker, like you say, this week, next week, the week after, whenever it is, and it's Looking likely that it is going to happen, um, because of all the, all the big journalists who are connected to the club are coming out and saying, you know, talks of, talks are definitely ongoing. So it's a fucking statement and a half. Um, six, it's, it's going to be 50 odd million for Becker. Um, the previous record was what, 35 million for Buffon? Yeah, it's 66 million if we, if we call it. Is, has it gone up to 66, Carl? Because the, the tweets... We, we, the, we've offered 67, as they said, it's 66. Okay, so basically, right. the, 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 this thing here, Cam, is that the journals in the know, the guys are, and gals who get their stories, and you get them at the last minute, let's be honest, but when they get... From they, the club. 
they tend to get them from the club. They yeah. they are sort of doing, you know, um, they're doing their versions of googly eyes and talking about how the the talks are ongoing at an advanced stage. I see they've all come out. Neil Jones, Mel Reddy, uh, we're still waiting on Paul Joyce. I think I haven't seen him yet. Um, but they're all Jim coming. Has as well. Who who else has? Jim Pierce. James Pierce has as well. So, so they've all they've all come out and said, look, this thing is is in the process of being done. We are naturally still fearful it might happen, but it's the yeah. statement of it. And we will go on. And I'd like to, Carl, I'm going to come to you a little bit about this to talk about what it means in terms of uh, the, the team and and in addition to the team. But just to finish on this, uh, Cam, this concept of it being a statement signing. So, you know, we've offered 62. We may have to pay 66 million. Like it blows away the previous record, which I think was yeah. 30 or something like that, wasn't it? For yeah. my, a year ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I don't know. Was, or was Ederson perhaps 35 no. or 6 in the, in, yeah. in, the, in recent times? So right. it blows it away. It almost doubles it. So, yeah. I mean, this thing of a statement, and just just speak to me about that specific thing that I said to you at the start about this is Liverpool Football Club. Liverpool Football Club are saying, and without without blowing smoke up FSG's um 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 rear fundament, fundament. Yeah. yeah, thank you for that. Uh, it's, it's it's not about that, and I don't want to make it a, an FSG conversation because you no. always so you'll always have some net spend narc coming back and 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 crying course, yeah. the opposite thing, and maybe they have a point. I don't want to talk about it. What I want to talk about is the statement aspect of it. Uh, most expensive defender in the world by a, by a country mile, Liverpool. Most expensive keeper in the world by a country mile, Liverpool. I love all that. What is there not to love about it? I mean, it, it, it's just wonderful. I mean. When we were winning leagues on a regular basis, we would go out and we would sign the best player and we would break transfer records. We, we did that. You know, that's how we were. We, we had a squad and we would add to that squad by going out and getting the best player. We, we're almost getting back to that stage again where we're, we're now in a position where an attractive proposition, players want to come to it. From, if you believe all the reports that have been written, Alison Becker has said he wants to come to Liverpool. Why? Liverpool have said we want Alison Becker. Here's the money, Roma. It, it's it it's saying something about where the club is at as well now. Mm. I mm. mean, we haven't been able to say this <sighs> we, ever until uh, uh, the last time I'll, was. I'll, I'll, Late 80s. Yeah, the last time was Kenny, and you made a very interesting point. I'll, I'll, I'll segue across to Carl with that, because it's a very good point you make, Cam. This idea of going out and spending, throwing throwing record sums around like like they're, they're confetti, because we are Liverpool Football Club, we're making a statement. And Carl, you remember 85, 86, and I, I think Hanson had said it to Kenny in the run that season, look, this isn't, this squad... W- w- it's not good enough. And they get to the double, they, they make it and they win a double at the end of that year. Um, and that I think probably in, introduced a little bit of lethargy about shaking the squad up. But then that caught up in the, in the next season. It was one of those every second years in the eighties was, uh, we win it. We, we don't win it. We win it. We don't win it. Yeah. We did. We didn't win it in 87. And we didn't back. win it in 87. But my and point then, is that, that if you take, but he went big. He went yeah. big. He broke a record for Beardsley. He spent over a million, which back or almost a million, which back in those days uh, on Barnes was stupid money. He spent almost a million on Houghton, and it was I people always forget Houghton at eight hundred and fifty thousand or whatever it was. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that we are now looking like we're doing again. We're throwing away the around like one of the big boys. 
that's great. You can talk to me about that for a sec. But then talk to me about what you think this adds to our team from what you've seen of this guy or if you have any specific uh, thoughts in relation to Carrius, because I do want to get back to that. We need to give that a minute or two before we move on. Well, um, a lot of this has got to do with the Champions League final. The reason Alisson's coming towards us is because the team now gets to the Champions League finals. And that's where every, that's where every player in Europe wants to be. Um, it's, it's important that, from my perspective anyway, it's my, it's, it's my view that Liverpool should have a 10 year goalkeeper. I've been saying this for a very, very long time. And the goalkeepers we have are three or four years because they're not quite ready. They're, they're not the level we want them to be at. I want Liverpool to have a goalkeeper who, it's, it's no big surprise when they sign a contract. David De Gea, Pepe Reina, you know, places I know we didn't do 10 years, but you know, we were there for, for a very long time. Um, what Liverpool can't afford to do, if they're ready to go to the level we're looking at, what they can't do is replace the goalkeeper every two or three years. Or, in, as it was last season, every two or three weeks. And now there's talk about Danny Wool getting the number one chance, which I never believed for a second, to be honest. Um, it's important that Liverpool Football Club has a goalkeeper they can rely on, who's going to play the big games, and straight away the manager can say to him, you're my lad, you're the one I want, and you're going to play number one for Liverpool, and that's not changing. Um, we haven't been in a position to do that, and I don't think anyone can take Liverpool seriously as a defensive unit unless they've got a goalkeeper who doesn't move, who just stays in the team all the time. And that's been the most frustrating thing for me with goalkeepers over the past year, few years. Yeah, I think I think that's a massive point that you made there. This idea of revolving the keeper and guys coming in and getting a chance to prove themselves. You especially don't goalkeeper. Yeah, well, well, especially not when the reason that you're messing about is because the previous guys had a howler. It's not about look, you're you're doing quite well, but this guy now deserves his chance and he's equally good. That's that's the kind of utopian nonsense that doesn't ever happen. We had to do it because some lad fucks up, and you've got to bring the other guy who previously fucked up back in and hope he doesn't fuck up. So. We are looking now at a situation where, as you say, you could have a guy there who just is going to stand there and be our guy, and he's an imposing figure. And if you look at the stats, and I'm not a massive uh, uh, exponent of these things myself, but I do, I find them very interesting in relation to this guy. Becker, if you read his stats, apart altogether from being a big lug, like he's a massive big hulk of a fella. He's got a lot of presence there. He's got, he's made some of the most outrageous saves I've seen in recent years, like outrageous saves, big, brave, coming out, blocking stuff, reflexes, um, safe hands, all those type of things. But the real interesting thing with this guy is that the stat that counts the one you mentioned why it's all about the Champions League final and it is because it does mean that Liverpool are getting to these things. And I like that you went there, Carl, fair play to you and you didn't go because of the Champions League final because it carries his cock ups and all that kind of nonsense. That's been covered off. I think we've done that to death. But the idea that this guy doesn't make many mistakes, that's what I really like about him. I looked at his stats in last year's uh, uh, Serie A. And not one mistake of his in the 37 games led to a goal. Now, I'll have that all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll have that all day. And on, on overall. I'm again, buying it. Yeah. 66 million, but I'm buying that. Yeah, well, you see, this is the thing, and this is the thing, and, and I'll, I'll just bounce this back uh, to you, Cam, and then we'll talk a little bit about Karius uh, before we move on to Shakiri. Um, it's an era of funny money, Cam, where. You know, too many Liverpool fans find themselves doing amateur accountant as if they have a clue how to balance books uh, on that level or as if 
their opinion of whether we're balancing the books or not really matters. People can try and educate themselves, but they never really know. And we are in an era of funny money where the player is worth to you whatever he's worth. The value of the player is more about what he adds to the team. The money in this, you know, dollar soaked sort of uh, landscape, it's almost irrelevant. Yeah, I think I've said that before. The uh, the transfers freeze don't mean literally anything anymore. They're 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 out of proportion of what's going on, um, and the figures are skewed because of the the TV money that's been pumped in. And it's it's not just the TV money that you see coming in from the Premier League rights here in the in the UK as such. Uh, it's it's what's being generated in China, in India in America, in South America, in Africa, in the Middle East, in Australasia. You know, the money being generated from all those countries now is coming into the, you know, into the Premier League and it's being distributed between the clubs. We are the richest set of football clubs out there. So the, the fees are skewed, you know. I mean, if you, if Tompkins times, uh, Paul Tompkins, they've got this brilliant transfer and inflation and it and it puts everything back into proportion. And when you mentioned accounts there, people trying to do their accounts and you know the next Ben boys want to do this, that and the other. There's only one person you should be listening to on accounts, and that's that's our Mo 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 Chakra. He he if you want to know how it all works, he reads the accounts. He's a he's a qualified accountant, chartered accountant, I believe. He knows what's going on. He can tell you. He he he's got it down to a T. Yeah, well, to actually, guy. his breakdown on 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 All Black and why it could be done, but it is highly unlikely that it it would be done for several reasons was very very uh very enlightening, very interesting, very enlightening, yeah. and yeah. puts things in perspective for people instead of flailing about saying that's a lot of money, that's not a lot of money, like. He actually had reasons why uh, yeah. this might happen or this might not happen. And it never really is about what we think it's about, which is the size of the fee. It's about how it's spread out, what it means, what the balance on the book is, what options are available to the club. It's so much more complex than that. So people just meowing about figures. They don't really, they're not really talking about anything. They're kind of just making noises. And I was, they're also forgetting agent fees. Yeah, true. Exactly. Alice's agent's going to want 10% of that transfer fee minimum. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to want his 6 million quid. Yeah. That has to be added in. You don't, people don't realize this. It's not just a question of that. And then, and then wages. the, yeah, yeah, the wages, you know, he's going to be on 150 grand a week. I'm going to say he's on more than us. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Every chance. Not, no, yeah, no. I'll, I'll go, I'll go as far as have, have, have you seen Trev's? Dress sense. That's um, true. Yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tre- Trev's on a retainer from. I, I, I think so. No, I, I'm I'm a trust fund baby. It's okay. I've <laughs> My great uncle looked after me. He's keeping me in uh, checkered pants. I'm all good. <laughs> Really? Checkered pants. I bought some checkered pants for the week. We, we'll talk about these again. I'm, I may even throw up a photo oh, of them. Oh, oh, we, oh, we will. Oh, we will. I am seriously but, but Forget but, the football. Let's go to checkered pants. <laughs> but on this on this concept of 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 uh, statements and all the rest, but it's very easy for us to, um, I suppose, for the more sort of uh, bleeding hearts amongst us, and maybe people who've just generally genuinely involved themselves in uh, fondness for the football, or it's easy for us to to sort of sound as if we're completely. Uh, 
uh, walking all over uh, the uh, gloriously chiseled individual that is Loris Carius. And Carl, I'll come back to you in this before I finish with Cam on this topic altogether. You know, I suppose there was a situation where most people had put into a box the concept that, you know, uh, whatever sort of affliction he suffered on the night had led to the errors and it was terribly unfortunate and people questioned whether a lot of people could ever get over it. And I have to say, you and I have spoken about it before. We spoke about it on this show before, but I've, I've been nothing but disgusted at the ignorance of continual knobheads making concussion jokes and I swear to God if anyone ever does that in my presence I may well have to resort to said concussion because it's incredibly ignorant stuff that's going on but anyway let's put that in a little box where is this kid now because even if we had forgiven him and some of us had or said look we got to give him a go Klopp wants to give him a go let's see what happens when you've got sneaky cameras of him cocking up in warm-ups and then you've got very glaring cameras of him cocking up in pre-season friendlies and getting mouthed off at by apparent Liverpool fans in Tranmere jerseys, it was never gonna, it was never really gonna come back from there, was it? No. No, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, and, um, I wish him well. I hope the kid recovers. But I don't want to live in Liverpool field anymore because I don't want Liverpool Football Club. This is my big thing about being the nicest club in the world. Liverpool aren't ruthless enough. And if you're not doing it, and I, I hope it doesn't, I hope he comes back and, and wins medals for other people. If he seems a nice enough lad, um, then that's fine. But I don't want him there in Liverpool yet because Liverpool should stop messing about. And it's got nothing to do with the fact that uh, of the Champions League final because we have to put that in the box because we have to believe what we've been told. Yeah. It's got a lot more to do with the fact that leading up to the Champions League final, he hadn't convinced everybody. Because he was all right. He was all right. Because he was all right. But he was just all right. He didn't prove to, to all right. Um, and all right isn't a 10-year or 10-year goalkeeper. Um, and I wanted to stop messing about. I've got nothing personal against him at all. I did the night it happened for obvious reasons because we all did because we know, but we've got to be ruthless. It's just if you're not good enough, you don't play. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, then Cam, just to finish with this topic, does Loris Carius have a future at the club in terms of maybe having his rehabilitation as number two? Carl's saying he's probably pretty much gone now, or certainly gone on loan to do his uh, his uh, recovery uh, out of the glare of the of the Anfield uh, spotlight. Uh, what do you reckon is the most likely thing? Is it a matter of maybe Danny Ward is being talked up because Danny Ward is going to be relied on now as number two? Should uh, um, our new boy get crocked or what do you think is the most likely outcome for Carius, for Mignolet, for Ward all of which is dependent on us getting Alisson of course um, I personally believe the writing is now definitely on the wall for Loris Carius uh, the fact that the bid has been made shows that the club as a whole have lost faith with Loris Carius um, and if you've lost faith with a player the player then knows as well he has to leave the club he doesn't have a future there at the club. I mean, he, he, for me, he's, he's better than a number two because he was, he should have been good enough to be not, be our number one. He, he, the stats were showing that he was going that way. So, I mean, we're signing Allison for 10 years. You're, you're not paying 66 million quid for a keeper for, like Carl said, for two, three years. He's there for 10 years now. We shouldn't be taking lessons from what, uh, Southface used to do down, 33 miles down the East Lank Road. When a keeper fucked up, 
as soon as he got that other keeper in, did we ever hear of that other keeper again? Taibi. There's you. There you go. Where, where, did, Taibi. where did he go after Man United? I'd have to look it up. You'd have to look yeah. it up. And I, and I bet you, if you ask Man United fans that, they'd say the same thing. They didn't have a clue because all it was about then was the new guy. Lorius Carriers is finished now at Liverpool Football Club. I don't like to say it because I, I really wanted him to do well. I, I, I really genuinely did. I, I believe there is a good keeper in him. The, his confidence is completely and utterly shot. And there's many factors for that. That's, you know, what happened in the Champions League, like you said. That's done I, I, I can tell you actually about Tony because it's, it's, it's actually what we were saying about having uh, 10, year, 10 year goalkeepers. Um, he'd already been at seven clubs before he went to United. Uh, and then he went to Regina um, for one season, Atalanta, 131 appearances, Torino and Ascoli. Yeah. So, you know, he's played, he played for nine, 12 clubs in a 12 year career. Sorry, 22 yeah. year career. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's what Liverpool don't want. Yeah. So, Paris will, Paris will be gone. Muggs is gone. I, I you know, I don't, we, we shouldn't even be bothering to talk about him. No, he's, I, no. uh, and Danny Ward will happily sit on the, the bench. I mean, you know, uh, I think Guy pointed out in, in one of the pod, one of the new pods he did the other day. Danny Ward exactly the same age as Carius. Yet Danny Ward is nowhere near being a number one keeper for Liverpool. Yeah, the interesting thing as well is we do have a very impressive kid coming along, Camille Gabrara, who's you know he's supposed good. to be supposed to be a very very good goalkeeper. I don't see enough of him. What I've seen of him, I'd be impressed, and I do like the way he carries himself, with quite a lot of swagger, which of course is important. I would say on Carrius, you know, we saw we saw the glorious. Uh, um, a video that he posted to Instagram and had to take down because of the abuse that he was getting about it. And that to me speaks of a guy who is not needing your pity or sympathy because he is massively self-contained and had evidently completely get forgiven himself and was quite happy with moving on and probably has that nascent confidence that you need. Who knows why? Because he's, because he's talented and, and, and pretty perhaps. They'd be two good reasons to be confident. He'll be fine. He will be fine. And I don't think it serves anyone to have him struggling uh, and sitting on a bench and not getting any games at Anfield next year. I would agree with both of you. I think he probably moves. I think it'll probably be initially a loan. And unless he's very, very impressive on that loan, I don't see I don't see him playing for Liverpool again. I, really, I, 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 I can't think how impressive he could be. He would literally have to do 25 saves a match for him to do that. And yeah, never can see the goal gonna... ever again. Yeah, how's he going to take Alisson out of that team? How do you drop a £66 million goalkeeper onto the bench? Well, I, I do I do love the fact that we are now assuming we have him and we're now assuming that he's absolutely fucking brilliant, which will do for me. And I think we should probably absolutely just assume that at this stage because there's no point in getting depressed about it. I was, I was trying to think about uh, famous Alisons. Uh, I, 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 all I could think Alison of Moyer. Alison Moyer, yeah. I could think about Alison from Elvis Costello's song. Alison. That's not what I've been singing all day. Well, I've, I've been singing the Lemonhead song. Alison's starting to happen. That just won't, co- won't yeah. will not leave my head. Might finish on that, actually. I have it queued up here on, on I just Spotify. keep it in the Skype ring team. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, <laughs> that's going to be the theme music. Me, me and Cam always do a two minute rendition at the beginning of every podcast about that. <laughs> Love it. It's my favourite part of the pod. Nobody sees it. <laughs> 
I don't even know what you're talking about, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quietly move along here in, in my ignorance. Uh, very true. There is actually an Alison Becker who's uh, uh, who's uh, a TV host on, on on VH1. Uh, she's fair happy play to her. sign for Liverpool. She's yeah, happy. is that the one we bought? We're taking yeah. a big risk there. We are taking. We're going out in the limb there. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for, you know, scattergun approach to signings, but God almighty, that's a, that's a flyer, that one. Yeah, it was just going, going on the name alone. <laughs> it would be, it would be absolutely glorious, uh, glorious Liverpool TM, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Shakiri, fellas, uh, was, uh, the last time we spoke, um, uh, a little chunky possibility on her horizons and now has turned into a little chunky reality in our dressing room. And you've probably watched the video. I'm sure you watched the uh, uh, medical and all that that Liverpool put out. Um, he seems a, an affable, amiable enough fellow. He's got very decent English. He's able to chat to everybody. Seemed to be excited, very excited by uh, the presence of Andreas Kornmeier, which I assume goes back to his Bayern days. I was trying to do the sums on that. Uh, that's the only thing that makes any sense to me. He was... Uh, uh, he was very excited to see him, uh, warmly welcomed by Ginny Wijnaldum, more of whom later, perhaps. Um, what do we make of the fact that we've got this lad in the door? Carl, I know you can be, like myself, a little bit wary of these lads, uh, you know, when especially when they're not ours. Now that he is ours, now that he's he's got the 23 on him. Uh, is it 23? He's yeah, gone for 23. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, that's we, a statement, that. It is, and we've spoken about this, and and and, and uh, in the in the Shariga. club, in the club video, he's he's no no he's, no no, it's Emery's old number. Come on, get the Emery quote in for the day. Oh, it's true. Yeah, sorry, we have mentioned Emery. <laughs> there I, is Emery. There all together is. now, all together. Emery quotation of the week. <laughs> uh, but 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 um. It, yeah, in the in the official club video, it looks like he 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 was asked, did he want it? And he was offered it, and he said, yeah, yeah, sure. So the, here we go. He's in. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Carl. I'm massively optimistic in a way that's atypical of me about this kid because I think he's really dining at the last last chance saloon here um, in terms of big clubs, like properly big clubs, Champions League, all that kind of stuff. And I think he'll be. Uh, modest and humble and hardworking and I do think there's a lot of talent in the kid and I think he might be exactly what we want to spell in and out for one of our front three or to start um, matches when one of them is out. What's your take on him? I've always liked him. Always have had. And I think he's a good signing. He's practically free which is a, which is a nice thing. £30 million is nothing. And he's... Um, well, I know this is no way to assess a player, but he's been in my fantasy league team for the last two years with uh, with another Liverpool website, shall we say. And uh, true, I have finished second to bottom in both years. But um, <laughs> but to be honest, he played for a, an awful Stoke side and he was the only creative player they had. And he still got eight goals or something. If he gets eight goals for Liverpool next year, because he's not going to play, he's going to be first choice, maybe not even third, second choice. But he's, he's Premier League proven. Which I, which I like, and he's not scared of shooting, and he can take free kicks, and um, and I like him. I just think it's a good sign, and it just makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cam, I assume you're 
as as an, an upbeat individual uh, equally positive, or are you going to throw us a curveball here? No, no curveball. I think it was an absolute no-brainer to make the signing. Uh, you know, after I I wasn't overly keen on it uh, when it first came out about three or four weeks ago that we were looking at him, um, but now that I've had good time to reflect on it, um, for me he's a he's a damn sight better option than bring Lallana off the bench. Um, and if I said yeah, if to he's you, better, his first choice would worry, wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but then there, there's going to be games where he will be he will be starting because we need to give the front three a rest. Yeah. So you know it's going to be ideal to to bring bring him in. He's he's a clever little player. He really is genuinely a clever little player. And if I said to you, you know, just going back to the price tag, you can have nine goals, eight assists, or eight goals, nine assists. Not really much difference there, is there? But one of them is going to cost you 13 million. One of them might cost you 200 million. Who are you going to go for? Looking just on assists and price tag. You say, well, I'll take the, I'll take the 13 million. Who wants Eden Hazard? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very what's, good the, point. what's the what's the what's the evidence? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, but, but you know, and and it's like Carl said. Look, he was playing for a terrible Stoke team. They got relegated. And if if people are saying, oh, we shouldn't sign relegated players, well, tell Andy Robertson to fuck off then. Yeah, yeah. No, Kevin, Kevin Keegan. <laughs> Eddie Eddie Gibbs did a good pod during the week with um with a, a Swiss journalist who sort of followed um Shakiri from when he was a nipper and had chapter and verse on how he came up through the game and obviously was highly rated and started international Skip football school to play tournaments yeah all this kind of yeah. stuff like you know and 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 I think this the narrative goes that he's very much stalled because he went to out to FC Hollywood there and and uh, things didn't go as well as he would have liked because he wasn't necessarily a first choice player but Jesus Christ this is Bayern Munich and he did win uh titles as part of a winning squad um, the Inter Milan thing was a bit of a uh, an abortive effort uh, by comparison. And then Stoke, I mean, it was probably an uninspired choice on his part, um, and it was probably only ever going to end in one way. Uh, but he is getting this opportunity now, um, Cam, and, 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 and you wouldn't be surprised to see him really grabbing it. Because as Carl said a few minutes ago, it, like it, it, the, the talent he has is undeniable. It's about whether or not... And again, this uh, guy made this point on on the pod with Eddie. Um, occasionally, people will question his commitment to the team in terms of work ethic. That's mm. something he's going to have to get his head around very quickly if he wants to be part of the squad at all. Oh, it's an absolute necessity. If you're not prepared to put the the shift in, you won't play. Uh, I Klopp will not allow any anybody on that pitch not to pull their weight. And if he if he doesn't pull his weight, he, you know there's a bit of weight there to pull. Um, if he doesn't pull it, he's he's going to be he's not going to play. And he yeah. wants to play. He's yeah. 26. You know he's coming up to the prime of his career. He's got another couple of years before he hits his peak. Yeah. So you know he's only going to get better. And working with better players, he should become a better player. And we Can should see you know all the good things that he's got. Can we just say though he he has started pretty much Carl behind the eight ball at Liverpool because you know he introduces himself to the fans as a, a Liverpool player uh, on his day of signing at Melwood wearing what looks like 
a giant <laughs> sports coat and a pair of tracksuit bottoms borrowed off a child uh, and platform shoes, runners type things. Um, in this one particular area, he needs schooling. Well, you, you can't look at the word foot. You can't put the word footballer and style in the same sentence. Let's face it, they all look pretty dreadful, don't they? And John Barnes, for God's sake. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he was good. He was good at one thing. And thank God it wasn't one. So, you know, um, actually, you know. on, on that point, I don't know if I've said this to you before, but when I inter- interviewed him, I asked him about that. I asked him about his, his and now I was very complimentary in, in, in by comparison to, to 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 the way you phrased it there. I said, "Are you quite famous for your um for your for your for your fashion and you maybe outlandish choices on occasion, especially when it came to suits?" And he just shut down. He just said, really? "No, I was never really interested in clothes. I don't know what you're on about, basically." He just shut me down, like oh, right really? down. He 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 had the right hump about it. <laughs> it was <laughs> It was like complete lack of awareness. Seriously, in those days, it was a choice between him and Barry Venison for who was the most absurd-looking human in terms in wearing clothing. You know, like that's that's a thing. But of course, well, well Barry won it for his hair. Barry yeah. probably Barry probably pushed it over the edge with that flock flock of seagulls thing that he had going on in his head. But yeah, yeah. Look, look. We, we, well, we, well I, we, should, I should say, of course, I've written a book with John Barnes. Let's just leave that. There. Let's just leave that. Sit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got a nice that there's a, that that did. He, he wrote the he wrote the forward for the book. Wrote a book with with John Barnes. That's absolutely delightful. He did write the forward. He did. Um, Bless his, bless his cotton socks. Um, I, of course, wrote that book with him too then. By, you by did, Stanton. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is one of the projects the three of us have worked on together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brangie, who have you worked with? You two. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman from EastEnders. Uh, 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 leave, leave Sangeeta alone. <laughs> My uh, Sangeeta. I, I, I do, I do want to talk about, um, another lad who's, uh, much maligned, uh, very briefly, just want to touch on, on, on this as a subject because with the, the, the Fekir rumors sort of being, uh, uh, sort of tortured and, and brought back to life in a, in an agonizing fashion because we all start thinking there might, there might be something to them. Um, there is an, a, a conversation going on there amongst fans as to what does the squad need and uh, I just had this uh, conversation with, with, with my Danish chum earlier on I was talking about how for me because I'm being cautious I would actually love to see a centre half come in and he would say no he'd rather go with Fekir and stay with what we have now if we stay with what we have We've got, like, I don't know if you saw the fake news team of the tournament from FIFA during the week, or, or during the day there, but Degsy Loverin was there, centre stage, <laughs> and uh, so was Ashley Young and uh, Paulinho from Brazil, so people started to smell a rat quite early, but I think you could say, <laughs> you probably could say, Cam, that, that, that Degsy had a solid tournament. I thought I thought he was very Degsy. I thought he was aggressive and uh, very, very uh, uh, skittish at times and had one or two games where he, where he was absolutely solid and did his job, and one or two games where he could easily have been punished for a few howlers. I thought yeah. he was just perfectly lovering for the entire tournament, even down to his quotations about himself, <laughs> talking himself up in the most glorious way possible. And if anything, it was on a new level, talking about how he's one of the best in the world. And again, I heard people give him a little bit of leeway here, say, well, it's not his first language, when he said, I brought Liverpool to the Champions League final. Um, I don't want to hammer 
Dejan Lovren because that's not what this pod is about. But I do want to ask you a very blunt question. If you had a choice between a world-class centre-half coming in and Nabil Fekir coming in, that simple choice I offered to Mr. Mulby about an hour ago, what, what's, what's, your, what's your quick draw answer? World-class centre-half. Okay, so you're in the cautious, in the cautious uh, uh, um, wagon with me. Do you think that even with what would hopefully be the improvement that is uh, Alison Becker, hopefully behind him, um, do you think that there's still that worry in you? Because it, it's definitely in me about Dejan as an ongoing potential for Ricks. The Ricks will always be there. They're not going to go. He's 29 now. Yeah. He's not actually going to get any better. He's he's at his peak. So what what you see is what you're going to get now. And the reason why I said world class centre half is if VVD is for any God forbid reason not available and can't play sixty games a season, and you've then got to go back to Daisy and Matip. That's that scares me again. Yeah. And and even though they'll have Fabinho in front, tighter in front, so they'll have more protection that way, and Becker behind them, it's it's just it's just a, a touch too soft, and it's a touch too worrying, and there's a your heart's going back towards your mouth again, you know, something raised to your throat, and I don't want to be there. Well, you know, you look at the spine of the team that we're trying to create now. You you got. You know, if we get Alisson in, we've got Alisson, we've got VVD, we've got Fabino, Kaita, then you've got the three up front in Bobby, Salah and Mane. Suddenly that's seven players who are top draw players. Why, why do you want to keep somebody who's not a top draw player? Get another top draw player in. Of course, I, I, also leaving out the fact that Andy Robbo is clearly a top drawer player as well. He's like, he's, 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 he's emerged last season into this sort of little, little wonder that we've picked out of nowhere. And Trent is just improving at a rate of knots. And like, you know, that is, that as you say, it's like, and like I was saying earlier on, it's almost PlayStation y. Um, but Carl, on that question, uh, uh, that simple option, if you, if you only, if we, if we get Alison Becker in and you're, we, we only manage to nail down one more world-class player, is it a Fekir type for you or is it a centre-half type for you, go, go, if you if you have to choose one? I've got, I've got some views on Dayan Lovren and they're never, ever popular. Ever. Can, I, can I do a little bit of rant on this? Um, Work away. Work away. I hated it seeing Liverpool fans saying, uh, slagging off Dayan Lovren and saying that he was the best player in the world. I want Liverpool players to say things like that. I want them to believe they're the best players in the world. And I also want them to learn. I've got no problem with him at all with what you're saying. Because you know what? He's played in the World Cup final and the Champions League in the same season. That's not nothing. That's all right. You know, and anyone who can slag him off, if that was me, I'd just say, yeah, slag me off. Which one of us has played in the World Cup final? And and then people start slagging him off for the final because there's four goals. What a penalty, which wasn't a penalty, and no goal of two long shots. And it's just, I don't mind people not liking Dale Lovren because I screamed myself blue at Wembley when he, when he, when he fucked up there. But it just drives me mad sometimes. It's people just looking for things for him. And uh, Steve Nichol made a really good point about Dayan Lovren. He said, obviously he said, Steve Nichol said, firstly, you're not the best player in the world, mate. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know which moment you're looking at. But he, he said something really interesting. He said, you put the ball wide into the box 
you're not going to care past Dale Lovren. He will head everything all day. And the reason he said that is because Roma, I mean, he was magnificent against Roma. He absolutely won everything. Man City, he was magnificent. But no one's to talk about that because there's the agenda against him. And, and trust me, I've got my own agenda, such as made rather public last week on Twitter. But um, it's just, I think Dale Lovren's all right. And I think Van, Virgil van Dijk will make him a better player. But, but don't get me wrong, if someone's coming at him, if Raheem Sterling's coming in one-on-one and he's the only man back, I'm giving the goal up, pretty much, because that's not his game. But sometimes you need somebody with a head ball in a box, and that's not Joel Matty. Joel Matty, he's got a head like a sheriff's badge. It's just no good at all, like a 50-pence piece. Yeah. And and I I, I think there's more priorities than, than getting rid of Dayan Lovren, and obviously it's the goalkeeper. So if we get a world-class centre-back next season, I can live with that, as long as we've got the goalkeeper. Yeah, the other thing is, and, and Mr. Mulby's logic was, if we just keep doing the things that we're good at better than anyone else again by adding another attacker um, uh, so that you do have genuine options and you're not down a level when you're missing a Bobby Firmino or a Mo Salah, um, or at least not down too much of a level, uh, you're not dropping to, let's say, Danny Ings. You're dropping Danny Ings, to, yeah, perfect. You're dropping to Shakiri or you're dropping to Tom, somebody. Tom yeah, somebody like Fakir instead so, 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 if we can continue to do the things that we do well, um, I, I, I think I do, I do see the logic behind both choices. It's an interesting one to consider. We look, we, we, we have only a couple of weeks, unfortunately, left to to debate these things, or maybe fortunately, maybe it's a good thing. We uh, just one thing I want to cover, Cam, last because we've gone from an almost non-football uh, pod, but. The Reds are back, and we're back with a bang. And there is a there is a couple there is one other sort of in and out type thing I want to look at with you, and that is on the contracts front. Two of our youngsters, um, uh, Awanyi and uh, uh, Reen Brewster, um, signed long term contracts today, um, nailing down two of the most promising talents um, amongst the club's youth. Um, I'm, I want to just just tease this topic out a bit because another incredibly talented young man Harry Wilson who's proved it away from the club and at the club is now going out on loan for a full season to um, to Frank Lampard and, and, and Derby County I will admit that that's stuck in my craw a little bit I, I've been persuaded of the logic of it since I can, I can see the logic behind it um, but initially I was thinking this is a good lad and he's our lad and he should be with us and playing with us. But then I thought, Ben Woodburn. And I thought, right, I see. I do see the logic of him having a full season playing elsewhere. And if he's like outstanding, then maybe he gets his chance. But I just fear that another season away means he never gets a chance. Uh, where are you on the signings of the two youngsters and the decision to loan out Wilson? Um, okay, I'll start with... Um the one that I don't know anything about, and that's Aweno, is it? Is that how you pronounce it? I, th- I think it's a one year, yeah, but anyway. A one year, yeah. I don't know anything about him, I'll be honest with you. So I can't really say anything about him. So moving on from him. Um, Rian Brewster, a wonderful, wonderful talent. This this kid has got, from what, from what I'm led to believe, he's got everything about him. And I think Klopp, it was about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, he said there's a kid coming up through the, the ranks and I'm, I, I'm not going to mention his name, 
And I reckon he was talking about Ryan Brewster. And, you know, it's brilliant that he's signed today, a uh, five-year contract. And he's he's been talking about, and it's like uh, what Carl was saying earlier about how he liked uh, Daisy saying he's one of the best defenders in the world and he wants players to say that. Ryan Brewster's got his eyes set on the Euros in two years' time. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, that says he wants to be playing for Liverpool Football Club in the first team. That's where his ambitions lie. Don't be surprised to see him, once he recovers from his uh, uh, ankle injury, straight away in that first team squad and pushing for a place on the bench. Once he's pushing for a place on the bench, he'll be looking for minutes towards the end of the game. Once he's getting those minutes towards the end of the game, he'll be looking to push on from there again. And come the end of next season, we will be seeing this kid more and more in the first team as a 20-year-old. And I, I reckon he's ready to burst on the scene. Harry Wilson, him going out on loan, that tells me somebody's coming in. Because really? Does it? Well, why let him go? He had a really, he did really well at Hull towards um, uh, when he went there la- uh, last season. Yeah, he, like he should be demonstrably ahead of Ben Woodburn, even for Woodburn's limited first team experience that Wilson hasn't had. Wood, uh, Woodburn's done nothing. Well, he hasn't been really given a chance to do a whole lot, to be fair to the kid. But he should, Wilson should now be ahead of him because of his recent experience and his recent success uh, yeah. at, at another club. And as you say, the fact that he is being sent out, may, yeah, that's I, I see what you're saying. It might indicate that there's another attacker to come. I hope so. Maybe that attacker was Shakiri. That that would leave people, I think, a bit glum down in the yeah. mouth. Um, and 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 I would be a little bit sick at that if we let him go and and we only brought in Shakiri as as a attacking talent i have to say that would that yeah, would i'd be I a little agree. upset at that but um yeah but look look it's it's an interesting one i, I want a uh, uh, carl i want to get your take as well before we start start to wrap this up i think we're close to an hour at this point um on on harry wilson agree or disagree on the whole idea of the loan do you see the sense in it or what's your feeling about what his ultimate future will be is he is he going away to like like to be like a, a fattened calf to be sold off um like so many of them are or do you think he actually has any tangible future on on the on signing the the two kids, are they just going to join that inevitable? Uh, uh, Partridge. Yeah, that ro- that roller coaster themselves. What, what what what? How are you feeling about the whole uh, youngsters uh, situation at the moment? It's always hard to say because there's only twenty who's coming through in in God knows how long, and um, I, I, it's just it's it's really really difficult because Liverpool fans always want signings and they always want big money signings and we talked about it tonight. And every single time you bring one in, it 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 marks the, the it, it sounds the death knell of someone's career. I always think that. So I don't know enough about Harry Wilson to be honest. Um, I know he's good. That's all I know. But whether it, it's hard to see how good they are until they're playing against, you know, West Brom away. Not that they'll be doing that next season. But, you know, um, Brighton at home. You know, stuff like that. You you just don't know until you see them play. And uh, I. I think if I was a player and I was 17 and I was playing for Liverpool, I'd just think, uh, unless something incredible happens, it's pretty unlikely that I'm going to get a chance here. Um, so I've got a feeling most of them are going to be at Rangers soon. <laughs> That's just my theory. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's hard to see past that. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, sipping sipping Angel Revive on the on the touchline at Ibrox. Yeah, um, let's let's see how that pans out. I don't want to scare anybody, but I've just seen retweeted onto my timeline here a dude called Alfredo Padula, who is with Corriero della Sport and has it would appear here. Oh, Fred, yeah. Okay. Uh, Fred, yeah, Fredo to his to to his to his mates. Uh, he's got uh, nearly two hundred thousand followers, followed by one or two sensible people, as I see here. He is tweeting the following: Allison, very hot hours. The agent is coming. Liverpool is in a hurry, but Chelsea is unpredictable, which is um, beautifully poetic um, and a little bit discomforting. But you will see how that goes. Um, and how it pans out, because I don't know about you lads, but I don't know how I'd feel about this thing collapsing. I think it'd leave me very shook up indeed. Cam? We, we've killed mm-hmm. this career in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, rewind, everyone, start again. <laughs> he's, he's overrated, isn't he? Lazy Yeah, we... Carry us sick over God's sake. Nothing wrong with him. <laughs> we, we we've gone so all in here that if it does break overnight, that we're just gonna have to bin this podcast because yeah. I, I I literally I couldn't listen to my to to us back. I'm, I'm I'm just gonna read out the entire Sid Little book. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it, that's it. Actually, next week is just uh, me and Cameron gonna take the day off. It's just gonna be carving quotes from Sid. Yeah. <laughs> if Alison chuckling in the background. If, if the Alison thing doesn't pan out, it's 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 Carl and Sid. It's it's a duo. You that that's that's gonna have to help you get through. Uh, I want to finish off with uh, just a reminder to everybody that does listen to us on a regular basis that we do appreciate it very much. I know the two of you would probably say something similar, and it's always me saying in here uh give us an owl follow tell us tell your friends about it uh let somebody know so i just wanted to put this task of uh sort of growing this show which is the oldest show on the on the channel it's the it's the flagship show of the channel and we i suppose feel a certain responsibility towards making sure that it does continue to get bigger i think we've got a very uh, solid crew here now of people who are very into it and we've got our own style that we have absolutely sort of mullered previous mm. uh, traditions um, uh, and, and, and put our own slant on things and hopefully uh, young Tandon isn't going to be too upset about that if he ever actually listens to one of these because I don't think sure. he does uh, <laughs> but Cam uh, again I suppose what I'm asking you to do is uh, can you give people a reason why it would be a good idea uh, for them to at least tell a friend. Because it's free. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, not a, not only that. I mean, we love doing what we do. I mean, it's not just the hour that we put into it. We do, we do put a little bit of work into um, a little bit of prep. I know Trev does a lot, a lot behind the scenes to make the show as good as it is. And um, you know, it's it's wonderful the way you you lead and orchestrate and how me and Carl just sort of fall into line, and it, I haven't noticed it, that bit. I haven't noticed that yeah. falling into line bit at all. Uh, well, <laughs> I, 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 that's just well, 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 maybe I was talking about guy. Um, yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but no. At the end of the day, we 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 rely on we rely on you, the listener, to let us know if we're doing a good job or a bad job. And if there's something that you don't like with what you're doing, tell us. Let us know. Because at the end of the day, we want to make sure what we're doing 
is for your benefit, that you're enjoying it, that you're getting something from it. You know, whether you think it's nonsense that is funny, uh, which is what I try to do, what I try to bring, um, or whether you think it's, you know, um, the wonderful striker quotes and uh, defender quotes and or whatever it is that you, you feel, uh, you know, that works for you. Just let us know. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong because we do want to make it bigger. We do want to hit silly figures out there. I mean, you know, young Tandon, as you say, he, he, he sort of keeps those figures close to his chest. So, um, but we know we do, you know, we know we have got a very, very big listenership. Um, but we do really want it to grow. This is like, like Carl, um, Trev said, this is the flagship show, 202 shows now. We have got our own slant on this. Um, and I think it's a unique slant. I don't think you'll find another pod anywhere like this with what we, with what we do. Um, it's, it, and it's great fun to do and it's a pleasure to do and I'm happy to do it. And I hope you guys are happy to listen to us with yeah. what we're doing. I, I, I fully rolling behind that, and again, just 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 that concept of 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 letting somebody else know that uh, it might be worth a listen. They might listen to us, they might um not be fans. They might listen to us, they might love it, and they might tell somebody else. And that's how this thing works. We're not looking for you to uh, give or donate or contribute anything other than your opinions, as Cam says, and perhaps occasionally then uh, letting people know about us and, and, and retweeting and stuff like that, although you can't retweet me because I'm awkward like that, but you understand the point oh, we're my. making. Yeah, so just when when you see the links going up um, from the main account, just ping them on if you wouldn't mind, let people know uh, what sort of nonsense they can uh, expect. Uh, Carl, before we go, uh, you did mention uh, in your uh, ideas that you wouldn't mind tackling for the show, the word plugs. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and assume that it's not hair plugs and that it is, in fact, not baldness related at all, but actually something to do with something you'd like to talk about and give some airtime to just before we go. Well, some green grass and a bowl, which I founded and edit, um, uh, we've just got a new writer. We've got a new writer. Uh, Leanne Prescott has written her first some green grass um, uh, article. It's going to be out not on this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. I'm I've done this one, uh, which is about the time that Cardiff beat Real Madrid. Um, and then uh, Leanne has written a piece about the career of Arsene Wenger, and it's it's incredibly good. It's really good. And um, and the week after that, um, I can't say, but I'm interviewing someone. Oh, which, which I'm very pleased with. Very pleased. So it, the article will go up in the format of an over and back interview style, yes? Or will you be writing an extended article using occasional snippets? What are we going to get a transcript basically, or what's it going to look like? It's basically it's it's going to be like a written down interview, but we're going to have plenty of talk um, to sort of you know make it make it a piece rather than just say you know the interviewer said this and this was the response. Um, it, it's with a friend of mine. Is it Sid Little? Tony Blackburn has been very good. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine if it was Steve Bruce. Oh. Oh. Going to be fun. I think it gets delayed a further week because I'm, I'm on holiday next week. But um, I've interviewed Amanda Jackson, the Football Support Federation. Oh, that's, lovely! That's, that's a nice. fantastic job. And um, and she's a friend of mine. So um, I'm, we've, we've been talking about this today. Well, we look forward to it, and I can't recommend enough that people go and, and, and read the stuff on Some Green Grass and the Ball. It is a great collection of, of, uh, of words, smithery, and uh, 
uh, very interesting topics. And the fact that it's not Liverpool is a nice little break from the total immersion that we're currently in at the moment. So, look, we should wrap it up for tonight's episode of uh, the Anfield Index podcast. Can I quickly just give two shout-outs, please? Oh, please do. Thank you. Um, we On AR, we've just launched uh, two new pods, well, two new shows as such, uh, with new new contributors, new uh, podders. And I must admit, for first-time pods, these guys were really, really good, all of them. Um, they they were seamless in the way they were interacting within the pod and how good they all were, you know. So to all the newbies out there, you know, welcome to the AO family. It's a real pleasure to have you guys on board. And I'm really looking forward to listening to more of your work. Excellent. Now, did, did you cover both of the plugs, the two shout-outs that you wanted to do? Or was that it, was it, yeah. It was, was the, two it. New, the two new podcasts. For the, yeah. for, the, for the two new podcasts. Yeah, and I believe, yeah. I believe that's only going to grow uh, according to uh, uh, what Gags was talking about. I think there's a sort of world domination of Hoy. So keep your eyes on that. And uh, everyone's always listen, uh, interested in hearing new voices. And while you're doing it, make sure you listen to the familiar ones like us. Um I've been Trev Denny. You've been you. That's Carl and Cam. We've had producer guy in the background. We've enjoyed another show with you. We'll do another one next week. Uh, we'll be back with our withering. You know the crack at this stage. Don't lose your head just yet. It does look as if something good is on the horizon, signing wise. But um, and obviously, <laughs> if it's not, we're been in this podcast. So stay with us. Be kind to your fellow Reds and. Stay safe out there. There you go. See you next week. Network.